know why this impacts me so much. But the idea, because I wasn't adopted. I, I, was, I was born and raised by my mom and dad. I stayed with my mom and dad the whole time. But it really, it really impacts me, this idea of adoption, that God adopted me into His family. That blows me away. He's, he gave me His name. He gave me His name. That's huge. He gave you His name. You're not a castaway anymore. You're not a stranger. You're brought nigh by the blood of Christ. You're a part of His family now. You're not a stranger. You're not a sojourner. You're part of His family, sojourner in this world. But you're part of His family now. He's given you His name. You're a son. You're a daughter of the Most High. And we can act like that. We can live as if that's true. Because it is. It's true. You may not feel like it. You may not even believe it from time to time. But just remember what the book says. Remember what God's Word tells us. That's true and every man's a liar. You are a child of the Most High God. Ephesians 1.4 According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. There's a lot of Scriptures here, folks. I don't know if we're going to get through them all or not. But every one of these is powerful in and of itself. But when you take them all together, church, we got to realize who we are in Him. This is powerful stuff. And if we'll receive it tonight, if we'll start walking forward in that knowledge, great things are going to happen in your life. God's going to move and act like never before because you're going to start believing who you are. And 1 Peter 1.16 says, Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. We are declared to be holy in Him. We have the holiness of Jesus Christ applied to our lives. You and I were not holy in and of ourselves. But we are declared to be holy because of Jesus Christ. His holiness is applied to my life. And when I stand before Him, I stand before Him without blame. Holy forgiven. Completely free. First Corinthians 2.16 says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2 and 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have the mind of Christ. We can think His thoughts. And to expand a little bit on that, we can see things as He sees them. We can feel about things as He feels about them. Amen. We have the mind of Christ. Philippians 4.7 And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We have a peace from the Lord that no one can understand. And that peace keeps and preserves us through any situation unless we willingly relinquish it. If we don't do that, we have peace that passes all understanding. How can we have peace in any situation? How can we have peace when everything around us is falling apart? Because our hope and our faith and our trust and our confidence is in the Lord Jesus Christ to get us through that situation. That's why I don't have to worry, I don't have to fret. 
some people say that's a that's a gift of the spirit. A gift of worry. <clears throat> Let's give that one back, shall we? <laughs> Amen. That's faith too, but it's it's faith in someone or something other than God. If our faith is in God, we are stress free, worry free, peace at peace. Because the Lord our God is the one that, that takes us through these situations. He provides all of our needs. He delivers us from all of our problems. Amen. Our trust and our hope is in Him. First John 4 and 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. When God's Spirit lives and dwells inside of you, every obstacle in your life has already been overcome by Jesus Christ. It's already overcome. You may have to endure it for a night. You may have to walk through that situation. But it's overcome, folks. It's already taken care of. That's how the Spirit works versus the physical. When we pray and things don't happen immediately, it's already a done deal in the Spirit. If you look at the situation with Daniel, God heard you the first day you prayed. It just took three weeks for everything to catch up. Paraphrasing. <clears throat> Sometimes we need to give the, the, the natural time to catch up with what's already been declared in the Spirit. But keep walking forward as if it's a done deal, folks, because it is. It is. Romans 5 and 17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. That's a mouthful. But what it means is this. God has declared us to be righteous. Not only are we holy, but we are righteous. He hath, he hath closed up, clothed us with His righteousness. I'll get it out. We have the righteousness of Jesus Christ, not our own filthy rags. So again, when we stand before Him, when we stand before the enemy, all they see is that righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's all they see. Not only that, but He's given us abundant grace. Grace that is greater than all our need. That's right. God has defeated death which came by sin and has given to us victory even over that enemy. We have victory over death. Not physical death, although we'll have victory over that as well. But, but certainly spiritual death. We were spiritually dead. We read the Scripture earlier. But He resurrected us. He made us alive again. Adam's failure is far surpassed by Christ's perfect victory. His failure doesn't come close to Christ's victory. It's so much greater. And Jesus gives you that victory today. As a child of God, we are to live and walk in victory. There is no defeat living for God. None. At least there doesn't have to be. You can choose to surrender the battle. You can choose to retreat. But if you keep moving forward in Jesus Christ, there is no surrender. There is only victory. 
from victory to victory, from faith to faith. That's how we live as children of God. You're not always going to feel victorious. It's not always going to look like we're just walking in victory. But you are. Because that's what the book says. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what the news heads, the talking heads. I don't care what the, the, the government officials. I don't care what anyone's telling you. You're living in victory. You're walking in victory. Moving forward in Jesus Christ. I promise you, you keep claiming that. You keep speaking it. You keep believing it. And pretty soon you're going to see it. You are going to feel it. Again, give it time to catch up. It's already true in the Spirit. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 says that the, that the Lord, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Amen. God gives us wisdom and revelation of truth when we come to know Him. As we draw nigh unto Him, as we learn about Him through Scripture, through preaching, through prayer, we get more wisdom, we get more revelation of truth. Both generally, we're all ambassadors, we're all supposed to become Christ-like, those kinds of things, we receive that revelation. And specifically, the specific ministry and calling that Christ has called me to, the gifts and talents that He's given you as an individual, the gifts of the Spirit that He wants to use you in. All of those things and more become revealed as we draw nigh unto Him. As we draw close to Him and learn of Him. Mark 16, 17 and 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In My name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Luke 10, 17-19. The seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through Thy name. And He said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now when He says nothing shall by any means hurt you, that doesn't mean physically. Every one of the apostles save one was martyred. The ones that he was speaking to here. So we can't, we can't accept that. The enemy will never have power over you. The enemy will never be able to affect you in any way if you'll, if you'll resist, if you'll submit to God and resist the devil. The enemy has no power over a child of God. Through the power that resides in us, through the Holy Ghost, God does the miraculous through us. Exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Amen. God has delegated to us authority. He has given us power over every enemy we have in this world. Jesus Christ has purchased the victory, folks. He has defeated every enemy that we have. And He is giving that victory to us as His children. All we got to do is believe it and walk in it. That's it. Act as if it's true. 
It is true. We can live and walk in that victory. I will never promise you that you'll feel victorious. But you will be victorious. You will always be victorious. Colossians 3, 9 and 10 says, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17, our scripture text, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. God has recreated us. He has rebuilt us from the ground up into a new creature. We are nowhere near who we used to be. I know it doesn't look like it when we go into the, the mirror in the morning and brush our teeth, shave our pretty face. doesn't look like it. It looks like the same guy to me. But it's not. It's the same body. Everything in here is different. I have a new heart. I have a new spirit. I have a new mind. All of them given to me by Jesus Christ. Given to you. By Jesus Christ. We are new creatures. He has recreated us. We are brand new creatures in Him. This new creation, the person that I am now, desires to do those things that please God. And I know some of us, and I've, I've said this before too, I used to think that because I had a relationship with God when I was in high school, before I, before I came to the knowledge of the truth. I was almost friendless. Don't pity me. It's all taken care of. Just some context. I was bullied. Okay? Not uncommon in school, high school. And so, I would talk to God. He was my friend. I would talk to Him as, we were going from, as I was going from class to class. I would pray to Him at night, the Lord's Prayer. I would recite it verbatim. I would try to think about the meaning of it. And I would have said, I, I love God. But is that true? I think maybe this is more true. I was in love with my idea of who God was. I was in love with who I wanted God to be. Because the Bible tells me that I was an enemy of the cross of Christ. I was His enemy. The Bible tells me that I hated Him. I walked contrary to His ways. And here's how I, I think that's true. If someone would have came up, if God would have came up to me, or someone, and said, you want to keep serving me? You've got to give me everything. Get rid of everything. And follow me. Here's what I probably would have done, knowing me back then. I would have said, sounds good. Okay. And then I'd have slid out. I wouldn't have done that. Why do I have to do that? I don't think I need to do that. The God that I'm talking to in the hallway wouldn't ask that. This idea of who God is. So understand something, folks. Before we come to the Lord, before He miraculously and powerfully delivers us and saves us, we are enemies of the cross of Christ. There is only two camps, folks. Satan's camp, God's camp. That's it. If I'm not in God's camp, wholly and completely, that means I'm in the other camp. 
Holy and completely. Make no mistake. That's it. So before God recreated me, I hated Him. I hated everything about this book. I hated His character. I hated His precepts. I wouldn't have thought that. I wouldn't have said that. But I lived it. I lived exactly as if that were true. That I hated the concept of God. That I hated the precepts as laid out in in Scripture. But then God miraculously saved me. And He put in me a new spirit, a new heart, a new mind. And now, grace, thanks be to God that I desire to serve Him with my life now. All glory to Him. I no longer desire to do those things I did before I came to Christ, when I was the enemy of His. Luke 6, 36-38 says, Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. That can be really awesome, or that can be really scary, depending on which side of the fence you fall. As Jesus Christ has been merciful to me, and has forgiven me my sins, so I also will be merciful to others and forgive them their trespass against me. I have the power to forgive. Because I'm a new creature in Christ. I have the power to forgive. Folks, what has Jesus forgiven us of? Some pretty heinous things, right? I was actively and continually living contrary to Scripture. All the while professing with my mouth that I was a Christian. He forgave all of that. Can I forgive someone that that makes one mistake against me? I would hope so. I would hope so. If anything, folks, just do it for your sake. Set yourself free. Get rid of it. Be free from that. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God supplies every single one of my needs, and He does so out of His infinite store. We can walk as if that's true. Amen. He supplies all my needs. What are my needs? Yeah, there's the rub, isn't it? That second home probably isn't a need. Ephesians 6.16 says, Above all, taking the seal of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. My obedient faith in God and in His Word will extinguish and bring to naught everything the enemy tries to do to me. Amen. My obedient faith in God and in His Word will protect me, will give me victory over everything the enemy tries to do in my life. There's nothing he can do to me when I am obediently faithful to God. When I am submitted to Him. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. All things? Everything? No exceptions? 
No matter what. Yes, Brother DeMuth. The assumption is that I'm doing Christ's will. I can do all things. I can be a multi-billionaire. Honey, we can get Amway going. I can do all things through Christ. I can be a diamond. (laughs) No, it doesn't mean that. He can do anything He wants to do through me. Whatever He wants me to do, I can do. I can accomplish that. Can He use someone with a speech impediment? Ask Moses. Moses tried, folks. I got to get out of this. I got to give him a good reason. I can't talk. I'm slow of speech. All right. God fixed it. Can he deliver a nation through a coward with little faith and even less support? Ask Gideon. What reason or excuse are we using tonight why God can't work in our lives? Let Him know. Go ahead. Maybe He'll accept it. Nah. He'll fix it for you. He'll take care of it. He'll work around it. Through it, over it, under it. He will use you in the capacity that He desires to use you, period. doesn't matter what talents you have. It doesn't matter what physical abilities or limitations that you have. Mental abilities or limitations that you have. If God says, I'm going to use you for this, then folks, He's going to use you for this. And that's it. Just let God do that. First Peter 2 and 9 says, Ye are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Folks, God chose you. He chose you. He called you by name, out of darkness, out of sin, and into His marvelous light. The liberty of the light of holiness and truth. Because of this I can and will proclaim the excellence, the glory, and the greatness of who He is. We have been chosen, folks, selected by God to be His priest, a citizen of another kingdom, and a holy nation that we should show, that we should demonstrate with our actions God's praise. 1 Peter 1 and 23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Folks, our lineage is powerful. I've been born again, and my lineage is no longer that of fallen Adam. It is here, physically. But I have a new lineage now. I'm a child of God. I'm born again by Him. Like begets like. If He's our Heavenly Father, He can only produce after His kind. Who's God? That new creature that He made. 
That is a reflection of our Father. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God has fashioned us to accomplish those things that please Him, and He's ordained this from the foundation of the world. Romans 6.11 says, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Whatever relationship I had with sin is now completely and utterly broken. It's broken. There is no relationship there anymore. It's as if there never was. If I was an alcoholic, I'm not anymore. If I was a druggie, I'm not anymore. If I was, in, if I was addicted to pornography or sin or, or, or sleeping around, I'm not anymore. That's broken. That's what the Word of God says. It's broken. Amen. All we've got to do is believe it. It may not seem like it sometimes. It may not feel like it sometimes. But the Word of God contradicts what I'm feeling and what I'm experiencing and what I'm seeing. I've got to accept Scripture as being true. And what I'm feeling is being wrong, a lie. That's not true, what I'm feeling. The Word of God is true. Now my unbroken relationship is with Jesus Christ, my Lord. And He has called us to a growing, vibrant, and ongoing relationship with Him. Romans 8.17 says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. We are fellow heirs with Christ if we endure to the end. We are fellow heirs. Now what is Jesus Christ an heir to? Hebrews 1 and 2 says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by a Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds. Revelation 21 and 7 says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Every good thing and every perfect thing is ours to inherit. Amen. Romans 8.37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. More than conquerors. Most of us would settle for a conqueror. If I could just win, if I could just chalk up a win here, that'd be great. But we are more than conquerors. 2 Corinthians 2 and 14 says this, Now thanks be unto God which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of His knowledge by us in every place. Folks, whatever the enemy seeks to do to us, Whatever the enemy wants to bring against us, whatever situation or circumstance you find yourself in, God always causes us to triumph. That's the Word of God. That's not me blowing smoke at you. That's not me just trying to pump you up. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you can make it another day. Stiff upper lip. Attitude determines altitude. No. The Word of God says this. God causes us to triumph continually, always, no matter what, if we will walk forward in Him. 
if we will live and act and walk as if this is true, it is true. We've got to accept it as truth. And I know I've accepted it as truth when I start acting like it. When I start doing those things. Living as if I am a child of God. Living as if I am in victory. First, Second Peter 1, 3, and 4 says, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. Every tool, every situation, everything that we need to live for God has been given to us, has been provided to us. Through every covenant promise God has given to us, we are partakers of the divine nature. These exceeding great and precious promises. Promises that we have difficulty accepting. Promises that we have difficulty, great difficulty walking in, believing, accepting as true. They're too open-ended. They're, they're, they're too awesome. And if it's too awesome, it can't be true. It's too good to be true. Folks, God Himself is too good to be true. But He is true. He is absolutely true. Everything He promises to us is true. Power and authority over circumstance and situation, demon and devil. Victory over all the ability of the enemy to affect us in any way. And everlasting life after our pilgrimage here is done. Folks, we get to live victoriously every single day of our life, and then we get to go to heaven. How awesome is that? That's pretty awesome. That is, that's, that's exciting to me. 2 Corinthians 5 and 20 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. We are called to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. He has given us power and authority, delegated power and authority to act in His behalf. He tells us what to do, we do it, and God operates through that. His power and His authority is manifest through you when you obey His will. That's awesome. He has commissioned you to do exactly that. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Okay, again, because of the finished work of Jesus at Calvary, He declares us to be righteous. He imparts His righteousness to us. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. We are made the holy of holies. And this is why I think it's really good to understand the tabernacle plan. Because if you understood the tabernacle plan, you would see how powerful a statement that really is. That the Holy of Holies is in here now. This is where the Spirit of God dwells. Folks, that's huge. That's An eight-week study would not do that justice. I, I couldn't... Anyway... We've got to get a hold of that. 
We are now the temple of God. Matthew 5 and 14 says, Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill, on a hill cannot be hid. We are the light of the world. We are the repositories of truth. We are Christ's body and His ambassador in this world. Those things that Jesus did and ministered and operated when He was on earth, those are the same things His body needs to be doing today. Period. If He didn't do it, maybe we should rethink doing that. If He did it, we most certainly need to be doing those things. Amen. We are His body. His Spirit resides in His body. 1 Peter 2 and 24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. God provides total healing, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, through Jesus Christ. You don't need to see a counselor for two and a half years. In most cases, I'd recommend against it. But, all I need to do, and please understand, I'm not a licensed counselor. I'm not a licensed psychologist, psychiatrist. So, there's, there's the, the disclaimer. There's the boilerplate. Now, having said that, folks, I read the Word of God. The Word of God is true. Every man a liar. Every emotional situation I've experienced in my life God has healed that. Holy Ghost is my witness. I'm standing in the presence of Jesus Christ and I'm telling you that. Every one of them, He has healed in my life. If I need another healing, I expect He's going to do the same. He has certainly healed me spiritually. He has completely restored me spiritually and made me alive again in Him. Any healing that I need... I find it in Him. Colossians 1.11 says, Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. We are strong through Christ in every circumstance and situation. Folks, when we get a hold of the promises of God and we, we begin to understand just who we are in Him, we can walk confidently. We can speak boldly the promises of God. We can speak into the Spirit. We can speak to situations. We can speak to demons and devils. We can speak to naysayers. We can say, uh-uh. The Word of God promises me this. This is what I'm standing on. We can be bold. We can be fearless. Facing every enemy and every situation with confidence in God that He will give us victory. Amen. Because that's who He created us to be. Is victors. He didn't create you to fail. He didn't create you to be a loser. He created you to be a winner. He created you to succeed. Did Jesus succeed? Does Jesus succeed? We believe that, right? Ah, but just not with me. Just not through me. My God's more powerful than that. I don't care how weak you are. My God's more powerful than your weakness. Than your inability. Amen. I mean that with all my heart. Just accept it. Start believing it. Start walking forward in it. In conclusion, Hebrews 6 and 1. 
Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Again, we need to move forward in the knowledge of God. We need to move forward in the knowledge of who I am in Jesus Christ. Folks, when we get a hold of this, when we start to become who God created us to be, we will begin to do everything that we need to do. I promise you that. I promise you that. You're not going to have to worry about all, all the sermons about uh, getting out and, and reaching out to people. You're not going to have to worry about all the sermons about you need to be doing this and you need to stop doing that because you're already going to be doing it. I'm not going to be able to stop you from doing it because that's who you are now. It's just what you do. It's in here. It's not external. It's not something we have to get motivated and psyched up for. That's just what we do now. That's who I am. Amen. Let's move on unto perfection. Go on unto perfection, folks. Unto wholeness. Unto completion. Let God be complete. Let Allow yourself to be complete in God. Let Him complete you. Let Him finish you. Let Him finish the work that He started. Amen. Praise God. Let's all stand.